Greetings, friends and listeners all over the world. It's April 4th, 2020, and we're here for another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. On your radio, we're coming to you on WGPL, WPCE, and WBXB on your AM dial. That's here in Southern Virginia, Northern North Carolina. And we're also heard on the internet at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, you can find them on my podcast. You can search C.D. Hodges on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic there. That's C.D. Hodges on iTunes or any podcast player. Marriage and Family Clinic is your vehicle to help break down, discuss, and gain insight into relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify yourself and your motives in your relationships and thereby offer you information, insight, resources, strategy, and inspiration to help you repair, enhance, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Well, we're still under a stay-at-home directive here in Virginia due to the coronavirus or COVID-19, whichever one you choose to call it. And I believe that most people are by now taking this thing serious. When we lose over 1,000 people to death in one day from one single cause, uh, the coronavirus, you have a whole lot of good reasons to take it seriously. You'd better take it seriously. So please, folks out there, take care of yourselves because in taking care of yourself, you indirectly and sometimes directly take care of others. I have to tell you also that my heart still goes out goes out uh, truly to the healthcare workers and law enforcement, emergency service providers such as firemen and, and police. They're, they're working long, hard, grueling hours, and they're making decisions one after the other that would take an emotional toll on them that will impact them long after this thing has subsided. Long after the coronavirus is a thing of the past, these folks are still going to be dealing with what they have experienced here. For example, can you imagine what it may feel like, what it may be like to have to decide multiple times a day which person lives, which patient lives, and which one dies? Some have suggested that these folks very well may come out of this with uh, some degree of PTSD. I'm just saying that my heart and my prayers uh, really go up to the Lord for them and my prayers go out for them. Uh, My heart goes out and my prayers go up on behalf of those who I know that have been touched directly by the coronavirus, whether they're sick or caring for a sick family member or know someone close to you who has suffered from this virus. My heart and my prayers go out to you. And uh, on that note, Please do me a favor and join me in lifting up my good friend, Bishop Gerald Glenn from Richmond, Virginia. He and his wife, Marcita, um, they have been ill with this virus. And again, it just gets so real. It gets more real and more serious the closer it hits home. Uh, And you take it more seriously when you know people that are directly affected by it. So... uh, Don't make it hit your home in order to take it seriously. Go ahead and take this thing seriously. And now to the subject at hand. Uh, I want to continue to touch on the subject of sibling rivalry. want to deal with that again uh, in this particular broadcast. And before I get to the current area of discussion, I want to do a short recap. 
if you were with us on the last two weeks, we defined sibling rivalry as this inherent contest between brothers and sisters. They're competing and they're in a contest to gain power and influence in the family. And not only in the family as children, that's where we usually think of sibling rivalry existing in the family as children, but sibling rivalry can carry itself throughout the life of siblings. So when siblings, when children become adults, they do not cease to be siblings. They're still siblings. And what I want you to get is that sibling rivalry is just a natural part of family life. It's a natural part of family life. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, you probably don't know of a family that has more than one child and has not dealt with sibling rivalry to one degree or another. It's natural. It's a natural part of family life. If you get more than one child, even in two children, you're going to have sibling rivalry. Again, I pointed out that it doesn't have to be negative. It can be positive. And I like pointing out the uh, property brothers, Jonathan and, and Drew, uh, building houses. They've found out how to maximize their rivalry by turning it into a positive. So everything they do is about competition, but they have learned how to complement each other in it. So sibling rivalry does not have to be negative. It can be positive. The main thing is moms and dads, you have to manage it well in order for it to turn out to be positive and not negative. At any rate, sibling rivalry, it's just natural in a family. It's natural. So then the natural question becomes, where does it come from? And I want to touch that right quick. Where does sibling rivalry come from? Well, sibling rivalry is so natural because it's all about human nature and human action and human development and human thinking and human feeling. And when it comes to all of those things, humans have some things in common, no matter what the race, no matter what the nationality, no, no matter what the ethnicity, uh, humans have some things in common. And so when it comes to sibling rivalry, uh, it's all about when resources that are essential to life are in short supply, humans instinctively go into survival mode and then they began to compete for those resources. Let me say that again. I want you to get this. This is a solid theory here. I may have to write a paper on this one day myself. When resources that are essential to life are in short supply, humans instinctively go into survival mode and compete for those resources. When humans detect a threat to their security, humans instinctively go into survival mode. So uh, humans go into survival mode when one, uh, number one, essential things are in short supply, or number two, they feel threatened. Humans are going into survival mode. Instinct, resources, survival mode, threat, security. Really, man? What in the world does all of this have to do with sibling rivalry? Can these really be related to sibling rivalry? And if so, how? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Remember last week, I also used the uh, run on toilet paper during the coronavirus as an illustration of what I'm talking about here. People somehow interpreted toilet paper to be an essential item to survival. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. We're taking on the concept of toilet paper being an essential item. It was essential to survival. People were hoarding it. People were stocking up on it. People were rushing to the store, walking out of the store with uh, uh, globs and globs of toilet paper. Toilet paper had become an essential item. And when toilet paper got low, the resource, the resource, when the resource of toilet paper got low, people instinctively began to compete for it. And they did things they normally would not do, such as fight over toilet paper. When's the last time you saw someone fighting over toilet paper in the grocery store? So what does that have to do with sibling rivalry? I'll tell you what. To siblings, the resources that are essential to life and may be in short supply are things like parental attention, parental affection, praise from parents, validation from parents. For siblings, children especially, this emotional support, this, this emotional support is essential to life. That emotional support shows up in the form of parental attention, parental affection, parental praise, parental validation. Children interpret that as being essential to life. And when a child is required to share those things from a parent, they interpret it as a shortage. There's not enough to go around. When a child is required to watch his parents uh, express the affection for another child, they interpret that as a shortage of an essential need. That's my emotion that the other child is getting. And so now they feel like it's a shortage. And guess what? They're going into survival mode. So consequently, children began competing with each other as a matter of survival. Now, I know using words like survival and essential may seem strong, but it gets the point across. You understand what I'm saying. And actually, based on some of the irrational behavior perpetrated by children in rivalries with their siblings, essential and survival are actually words that are not too strong to to place into the description or the definition or the application of sibling rivalry. Some siblings have just got downright violent. Some siblings have become ruthless and, and conniving and conspiring in the competition for the approval and the affection and the attention of their parents. And again, as I said a moment ago, this type of behavior these feelings can go into adulthood with siblings. Another reason for sibling rivalry is that children are just plain old selfish and greedy. They have a scarcity mentality. They have a scarcity mentality. And a scarcity mentality says there are winners and there are losers and I'm going to be a winner. That's what the scarcity mentality sound like. Anybody familiar? Always talking about winners and losers. That's a scarcity mentality. A scarcity mentality says if you win, then that must mean I lose. Or if I win, then surely that means you lose. A scarcity mentality does not believe that there is enough to go around. 
So a child with a scarcity mentality believes that if mom loves my brother, then mom loves me less. That's a scarcity mentality. Somebody have to, has to lose if somebody is winning. Somebody has to win if somebody is losing. And that's why I always appreciate uh, uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Highly Effective People, they have a value of win-win. We try to find win-win situations in life. When we're competing for resources, let's get a win-win. When we're competing for place or position, whatever, let's see if we can come up with a win-win. That's a, a uh, uh, over overflowing mentality. But the scarcity mentality always divides winners and losers. And it's a result of selfishness. Children sometimes interpret a parent's love and affection given to another sibling as love and affection they will not get. Because remember, it's all about winning and losing. If mom and dad are giving it to my brother or my sister, then they must be taking it away from me. And a child who is never trained to share will not know how to share. They won't even know the benefits of sharing when they become an adult. And that's worth repeating. A child who does not know how to share will not suddenly grow up and become an adult who knows how to share. It's a foreign concept. They'll grow up with a scarcity mentality. If they've never been trained, if they've never seen sharing, if they've never been a part of sharing, if they haven't grown from a little child to learn how to share, then they won't know anything about sharing. And I can't stress this enough. You don't become an adult and suddenly get yourself together. When you don't pick these concepts up as children, it takes you to 50, 60 and 70 years of age sometimes to get this together. And people still don't get these concepts together. Isn't that something? You can learn it by the time you're two. You can learn it by the time you're three. You can learn it by the time you're four or five. And you can have it for the rest of your life. But if you don't get it by the time you're three, if you don't get it by the time you're four or five, you may not get it for the rest of your life. So if you get something in the first five years of life, it could stay with you for the next 90 to 100 years. But if you don't get it in the first five years of life, you may not get it in the next 90 to 100 years. Wow, the paradox of being human. If parents don't teach their children that they are not the center of the universe, then children will become adults who think they are the center of the universe. And now we've got narcissism. Now we've got self-esteem that's so high, it doesn't mind hurting others' feelings in order to continue to feel good. And that's a warped sense of the self, not healthy self-esteem. So parents, please understand, you got to teach your children that they are not the center of the universe. They need to understand sharing. And one thing that they're definitely going to have to learn to share is parental love. A child is too emotionally immature to understand that a parent can love more than one child at a time. And that same emotional immaturity says, I want the love that I would normally get plus the love that you're giving to my sibling. And I'm going to get it even if I have to compete 
and do something low down to my sibling to get it. Wow. Here's the mentality of the child. Here's the manifestation of a scarcity mentality. A child says, I want the love that will normally come to me. And I want the love that you would give to my sibling. And if I don't get it, I'm going to compete with my sibling to get it. And I just might do something dastardly to my sibling. I just might conspire against my sibling to get the love that I thinks for me. If you're giving it to my sibling, that means less for me. And so I got to compete for it because it is an essential item. It's essential to my life. That's the only way a child sees it. So goes sibling rivalry. It's a merry-go-round. It's a roller coaster. It's, it's whatever you want to call it. But I want to tell you something else about sibling rivalry. That's the source of sibling rivalry and the basis of sibling rivalry. I want to tell you something else about sibling rivalry also. Moms and dads, especially, I'm talking to you. You can increase the intensity of sibling rivalry. You can increase sibling rivalry and you can increase the intensity of sibling rivalry. Let me tell you how to increase sibling rivalry. Let me tell you how to increase the intensity of sibling rivalry and thus the negative outcomes of sibling rivalry. If you want to increase sibling rivalry, if you want to increase the intensity of sibling intensity of sibling rivalry, excuse me, first thing you do is you show favoritism between your children. Show favoritism between your children and watch what happens. We see this best in the biblical characters of Jacob and Esau. Isaac and Rebekah were their mom and dad. But Isaac favored Esau because he was the, he was the outdoor type. And Rebekah favored Jacob because he was a mama's boy. Rebekah favored Jacob so much more than Esau that she concocted a scheme to help Jacob steal his brother's birthright or the larger inheritance that was due him as the older sibling. Rebecca favored her son Jacob so much that she turned on her husband and played this dastardly deed on him to trick him into blessing uh, uh, Jacob more than Esau, who was legally entitled to the greater blessing. The story goes much longer and much deeper than that and a whole lot more examples of favoritism in that. Uh, but when you look at how the parents showed so much overt favoritism towards their two sons, I mean overt favoritism. The sons knew it. Jacob and Esau knew it. They knew it all their lives. But when you look at how the parents showed that overt favoritism, it's no wonder those two sons became mortal enemies with Jacob running away from home for fear that Esau was going to kill him. And I know they were, they were wrestling and tugging even in the womb. And when they were born, Jacob was holding Esau's ankle. So they've been at it. They've been in rivalry since birth. But mom and dad didn't help it. I told you it's natural and it's going to happen. You can't stop it, but you can mitigate it. You can reduce the intensity of it. But if you don't manage it, your siblings may become bitter, cold, mortal enemies. 
as did Jacob and Esau. Jacob ended up running for his life from his brother Esau because the parents, the parents, Isaac and Rebekah, didn't manage it. And even when there is no favoritism, children interpret the way a parent loves a sibling as favoring that sibling. Child A doesn't need as much coaching or as much coaxing to be motivated. Child A doesn't need as much attention in order to make it. Child A, he just has a natural disposition to go out and explore his world and conquer things. That's child A. But child B needs mom and dad to always be in his or her ear. They need mom stroking them, telling everything's going to be all right. They need dad rocking him on the knee. Child B needs more attention. Child A interprets that constant attention given to child B to be mom and dad favoring child B. And that will be enough to contend with. But you only make it worse if you actually do favor one child over the other. That's what I'm trying to say. A child can look at the attention, the love, the affection, the validation, the approval that a sibling receives from mom and dad. And a child being as emotionally immature as he or she is may very well interpret that as mom and dad loves them more than me. Remember now. Those are resources that are essential to life. And when resources that are essential to life are in short supply, uprises the competition. All right. So the second thing you can do, the second thing you can do to increase and intensify sibling rivalry is compare your children. Go ahead and compare your children. And let me say this right here. It's possible to compare your children to each other without even realizing that you're comparing your children to each other. It may not come out in everyday language. It may go something like this. You're having a family conversation and you just nonchalantly say something like, Jim was a lot better than you in basketball by the time he was your age. Or Susie played soccer a lot better than you by the time she was your age. She was a whiz at it. You think you're just talking nonchalantly. You think you're just having conversation. You think you're just relating things. You think you're just having a family moment. But let me tell you what's really going on. It doesn't matter how innocent you thought you were. It doesn't matter how innocent you think you're being. It doesn't matter whether or not you meant any harm. The older child heard you say, I'm better. The younger child heard you say, I'm not as good. You know, children spend much of their childhood learning to do things on their own, spend much of their childhood learning to step out and learning to try new things, spend much of their childhood gaining a sense of independence. And while this sense of being is developing, a parent can discredit a child's efforts and injure their sense of themselves by telling the child that they're not as good as their sibling. Saying things like, why aren't you more like your brother? Or why can't you act like your sister? And the list goes on. Those kinds of comments only serve to help a child feel bad about themselves. 
I said those kinds of comments only serve the purpose of helping the child feel bad about themselves. And when a child feels bad about themselves, they need to attribute that bad feeling to something or somebody. They need to attribute a cause of their bad feelings to something or somebody so they can attack that and ease the pain and discomfort of feeling bad. And who do they attribute the cause of their bad feelings to? Their siblings. They know they can't attack their mom and dad. They attribute the cause of their bad feelings to their siblings. Parents, you don't serve any good purpose whatsoever by comparing your children to each other or to anyone else's children for that matter. Lord, help you if you're comparing your children to their friends down the street. I can guarantee you that your child will grow up and resent you deeply for it. And they'll carry that resentment way over into their childhood, still be dealing with it when you're on your deathbed. I guarantee it. These are the reasons that sibling rivalry thrives. And when sibling rivalry is ignored and unattended, your children do not settle those issues in childhood. Consequently, they take all that emotional baggage into their adult relationships. The negative effects show up in marriages, and it's so unfortunate to see adult siblings still competing over matters that weren't settled in childhood. Can you imagine brothers and sisters who are still angry at age 75 over things that happened at age five? Oh, I've seen it, and I believe many of you have seen it also. You have to learn to love your child for who they are, right where they are. Parents, you have to have a relationship with each child that contains a language that lets them know they're okay, just like they are. Think of it as love languages. You know, you know the textbook five love languages. There's love languages for children, love languages for singles, love languages for uh, 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 teens, so forth and so on. But there's a way that you communicate with a child that says to them, this is love. You got to figure out that language for your child. And you got to share that language with your child in order to ease the anxiety, ease the distress of sibling rivalry. Think about it. Parents, you must learn to accentuate your children's strengths and help your children process any weaknesses they may have. Listen to that. Help them process their sense of weakness. You need to discuss all these dynamics with your children. We need to learn how to talk to our children. We need to learn how to talk with our children and quit talking at our children. You can't tell a child, just get over it. All you do is compound whatever distress they're already experiencing. You've got to coach them through getting over it. Coax them through getting over it. Help them get over it. You can celebrate each child's accomplishments and achievements with all the children without comparing any of the children to the others. You know what? You can develop family values. In this family, we celebrate each other. In this family, we don't disrespect or demean each other. 
Take time to celebrate each child's birthday with a family affair before you go planning and executing some big old to-do list that requires a lot of uh, uh, logistics and so forth and so on. Have a family celebration. The family lifts up that family member at the birthday. I tell you, that's going to mean as much or more than a big old to-do birthday party. Help your child learn to talk about their feelings and sort them out. Your young child uh, uh, is not going to come to you and say something like, Mom and Dad, if you have a moment, I'd like to speak with you regarding some ill feelings that I'm having for, for my brother. That's not going to happen. That doesn't even happen with adults. So you have to learn how to help your child put those feelings into words. Listen, children thrive on attention. Make sure you give it to them. Because to a child, negative attention is better than no attention at all. So acting out and having you correct them, they get your attention at least. So try to give all your children attention. It may not be equal because they don't need equal attention, but certainly make it equitable. When complimenting one, try your best to compliment the other. Remember this. Sibling rivalry is natural. You can't stop it, but you can mitigate it. Don't compare your children. Don't put them down. Put Pick them all up. Learn to talk with them about it. Hey, I'm about out of time here, but let me tell you one thing. Uh, you're downloading my podcast from all over the world, countries as far as South Africa and Australia. My goodness. I really appreciate you listening in. Uh, email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com and let me know how this has impacted you. Let me know if this is doing anything for you. If I'm wasting your time, let me know even if there's a subject that you would like for me to discuss. I really need to hear hear from you. Uh, you can't imagine what this would do for me. I just need to hear from you. So, and remember also, if you want to hear this or any other broadcast, you can find it on any podcast player or iTunes. Just search CD Hodges, CD Hodges podcast, and you'll find us there. I'm out of time and I got to go, but remember you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. I'm out.